But one of my favorite things was watching all those kids in that bounce house. Uh, many of you don't remember this, but for a while, when I first became senior pastor, Debbie Kuykendall, raise your hand, Debbie. Debbie Kuykendall was our children's director, and we had one child in our children's ministry, and he's right here. This amazing young man came all the way from Spokane for his mama, Trevin. He was children's ministry. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, just pretty amazing seeing all those kids jumping around uh, this last week. Now, it did bring up a painful memory, and I mean a painful memory. So I decided a few years ago I was going to do a bounce uh, house flip. And actually, I wasn't even going to do it, but then there's this guy named Braden Bergeron that was, you know, egging me on, kind of encouraged me in this. And it actually ended up in eight weeks of physical therapy at uh, where Mary works, uh, Valley Medical. But in just in case you don't believe me, we actually have video proof. So let's watch this together. Oh, that still gets me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it, it hurt as bad as it looked, so there we go. All right, Acts chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, open them up. We're going to be right at the beginning here. We're going to go through the first half of the chapter. Paul has now started his second missionary journey. Don't worry, you don't have to completely be able to read everything here, but you're going to get the gist of his travels today. But we're in the second missionary journey, and you remember that Paul and Barnabas, they had a sharp disagreement, actually, uh, right here, so here's Antioch, and a lot happened in Antioch, but they had that sharp disagreement. Barnabas went with Mark, and then Paul went with Silas, but here we are in chapter 16, verse 1. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived. Okay, so again, you are starting in Antioch, we get through Tarsus, we get to Derby, Lystra, Iconium, and we find a guy named Timothy. Everybody say Timothy. I love Timothy. He, he's going to come into uh, more relevance and more importance uh, as we move on in the story. But his mother was Jewish, and she was a believer. His father was a Greek. Listen to this. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy. Paul wanted to take Timothy along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So I just got to stop there for a second. How great is this? They come to Lystra. They meet Timothy, a young believer, right? A young leader. But look at this. It says the believers in these cities speak well of Timothy. That's pretty powerful because scholars would say that Timothy at this point is pretty young. He's maybe in his early 20s, maybe even younger than that. And yet the people are speaking well of him. Trevin, how old are you now? 20 years old. So he's probably Trevin's age, and, and it says that not just one town, but towns are speaking well of this young man, this young leader. And, and it gets to the point where Paul's like, okay, well, you know what? we got to take him with us. Like, we, we can't ignore what's going on here. Timothy, we want you to go with us. Hear me out. In your own life, are you living in such a way? Are you passionately pursuing Jesus in such a way where if someone came into your town looking for someone to partner with, would all your fellow believers be like, oh, man, you know who you want? You want Joe. or I mean, you want Kyla. Right? You want Rick and Terry. Oh, man, have you met Linda yet? Oh, man, let, let me show you Dylan. You know what I'm talking about? 
Because for me, when I read that, I was like, man, I, that is what I want for my heart. That is what, what I want for my life. I mean, don't you all want to be living in such a way for Jesus to if somebody came along into this town and said, hey, listen up. I'm looking for a co-laborer. I'm looking for someone to do ministry with. Don't you want to be the one to say, oh, well, we got a person for you. Again, that stirred my heart this week. I hope it stirs yours today. I, I hope no one here is just saying they want to sleepwalk through life. Don't you want to get into the game today? Amen. So we get circumcised. Not going to go into what that means. But I am going to read what Steve Shell writes about this little, little section here. This is uh, Steve's verse by verse through the book of Acts. And, and this is what he says about Timothy getting circumcised. He goes... Since their travels would take them into Jewish homes and synagogues and city after city, Paul decided it was best to circumcise Timothy so he would not be viewed as ceremonially unclean so he could participate in Jewish gatherings. And he says, in Paul's mind, this was merely a practical step that would open a door for ministry. It needed to be done so that this young missionary would not encounter unnecessary cultural boundaries. I'll say it this way. If or when you find yourself in a cultural setting that is different than your own, I think it's really important to be sensitive to the room that you're walking into. Me. So, for instance, for me, like depending on the setting, and, and I'll be in wildly different settings, but depending on who's in attendance, uh, what I wear, uh, what I put on, and, and what I'm wearing at the service will vary quite a bit. Because why? I don't want to be a distraction to whoever I'm teaching. Thursday when we were at the, uh, the retirement home, at, at the uh, retirement home, I dressed up because, uh, again, I don't want to be a distraction to them. I'm going to be speaking at a traditional Korean church in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to wear a suit because traditionally they would dress up and wear a suit to their services. Friday night when I spoke at 11 p.m. on the Holy Spirit to those uh, junior high and senior high kids, I was wearing a hoodie and a baseball cap. Again... It's about not being a distraction. Can you just be sensitive to some of that? Some of you guys, you just go into a room like, uh, what is the saying? A bowl in a china closet. Like, just can we calm down a little bit and be sensitive to the room? You don't want to be a distraction. The message of Jesus, come on. If, if people are going to be angry at you, let them be angry about Jesus, not about something you're doing that's distracting. So again, nothing to distract from the message of Jesus. So verse 4, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. We talked about that one a couple of weeks ago. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and they grew daily in, ne- in numbers. Amen. Right. Praise God. But here we go. Paul, verse 6, and his companions, they traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And they See, they're traveling by map. I don't know if you saw that. That's a Muppet joke. But here they're traveling uh, very quickly here. They're making it all the way over here. And it says they've been kept. This is very important. Kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So here's Asia. I get it. That's not modern day Asia. They didn't get it wrong. This is Asia, the province of Asia back in the day, like 2000 years ago. Calm down. All right. Verse seven. When they came to the border of Mycia, Mycia is up here. They tried to enter Bithynia up here, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycia and they went to Troas. So, man, just in a 10-minute message, they've gone all the way from Antioch and they're now at Troas. 
But did you catch there was a couple things that happened? Like they tried to get to some places, but who stopped them from going there? Isn't that interesting? I always blame everything on the devil. I don't know about you. But it was actually the Lord. Have you ever been there before? Try to do one thing, closed door. Be like, that's okay. Just a closed door. We'll go this way. Go. Closed door, that's all right. We're going to go this way. Close. Have you ever had a closed door before, church? Maybe you're in a season like that right now where it feels like everything that you do is a closed door. Be encouraged, church. I want you to hear this today. A closed door can be a powerful part of God's plan and purpose for your life. One of the great things one of my mentors told me early on is that whether a door is opened or whether a door is closed, either way, it's all forward in Christ. Some of you need to hear what I'm saying today as you keep walking with Christ. Again, he's the leader. You're the follower. When you're following Christ, whether it's an open door or a closed door, either way, it's forward in Christ. It's forward with Christ. Who's the leader? Who's the follower? Keep your eyes fixated on Jesus. Follow hard after Jesus. Even closed doors will lead you. Come on. This is so good today. Even closed doors will lead you to where God wants you to go because Paul makes it to Troas. But I want you to feel this for just a moment. Again, he's in Antioch. This is tough. I mean, he splits from his companion, from Barnabas. Well, this guy is someone he trusted. Barnabas, if you remember, at the very beginning, he vouched for Paul at the beginning of Paul's ministry. So they had to depart. But then he meets this young, well-respected leader in Timothy. So that's pretty cool. He joins the team. But now here we are. The Holy Spirit's keeping him from preaching the word in Asia. The spirit of Jesus won't let him get into Pithynia. And I I just kind of imagine the setting in Troas. I mean, it's not in there, but I I just picture him kind of sitting on a rock, looking out the water and just kind of being like, what's going on? I mean, this isn't how I planned it to go. Paul had some plans. Like, this isn't how I planned it to go. Again, can anybody relate? This is where I love Paul. Because I, I, I think you can read into this. Paul, he doesn't force his plan. right? He doesn't force his agenda. He just keeps on trusting Jesus. Keeps on following the Lord. God, I submit all my ways to you. I acknowledge you in all my ways. I'm just going to trust that you're going to direct my path. But then look what happens. Verse 9 happens. This is so good. Let's read it. During the night, Paul has a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul has seen a vision. And now it says, we got ready. We, by the way, who, who wrote Acts? This is a tough one. You guys remember? Luke? Yeah, Luke. And so this is the first time you hear him say we. So probably at this point is when Luke joined them on the journey. But he says, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that, hey, God has called us to preach the gospel to them. So this is awesome. An open door. And the whole church erupts in praise, right? An open door. We love open doors. Oh, man, it makes me think of when we first moved here from Spokane. Late 2009, early 2010. Here we are. And Mary, she had been a, 
She's a stud, by the way. She's awesome. She, she had been a paramedic before she had lived in a firehouse, like just a tough cookie. Like you didn't want to mess with her. She even like started forest fires one summer. She was like doing controlled burns. They were lighting matches and just throwing them off. She literally did that. She is awesome. So she had done that. She had worked at a plasma center over there as well. Great jobs. But then we moved here and Early 2010, we have our nine-year-old boy, we have a four-month-old baby, Ava, and we're living in the loft of my parents, all four of us, up there, and we're trying to find a job for Mary. And it's just, this is not an exaggeration, it was not easy to find a job for Mary. It, It just didn't come. And so, we're living here, and as you can imagine, maybe you've been here before, things got real lean, real quick. Now, thankfully, Mary did get a part-time job as a barista, uh, which was really cool. But it wasn't what she wanted to do. And we also knew it wasn't what the Lord was wanting her to do. It wasn't what the Lord was calling her to do. So she applied to hospitals, like all the hospitals in the area. And without exaggeration, not a whisper. Like we didn't hear, we didn't even, there wasn't even the courtesy to say no. Like we didn't even get the no. Like can someone just respond to anything that is going on here? Have you ever been there? Like even a no would help me out a little bit. Not a whisper, no responses. Again, month by month, I mean, you feel this, the intensity, the stress of our financial situation increasing month by month. At the time, uh, we came over here, uh, live spring, God bless them, but they had said, we can give you uh, for six months a part-time job. That was the guarantee that we moved over here for. Six month part-time job. So I also worked for the U.S. Census in 2010. And you know what my job was? My job was to go around Sumner to all the people that didn't fill out their form and knock, knock, knock. Hi, I'm from the U.S. government and here's a form for you to fill out. Yeah, that's the worst job in the world. (laughs) And so we really didn't know what we were going to do. But I'll say this too. We were passionately following Jesus in that season. I would say we were hippies for Jesus. I mean, we were all in. And we never got the sense from the Lord that Mary was supposed to go back to working full-time. That never sat well with us. But again, the part-time jobs were not calling her back. It was a crazy season of radically trusting the Lord, facing so many closed doors. But again, all forward in Christ. But it's wild because just this week, Mary got this card in the mail. You're not going to be able to read it, but this is a card which is celebrating her 10-year anniversary working at Valley Medical Hospital as a part-time emergency room tech. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. Now, personally, I think they could have given her something a little more than a card, but... Because, I mean, it's not an easy job working in the ER during COVID. Whoa, like, forget a card. You need to send that girl on a cruise. And her family. And her family. The Lord is speaking this morning. May we have ears to hear. But, you know, I'll tell you, it has been such a blessing to our family. It gave her the part-time job she was looking for. She works 24 hours a week. It gave us the opportunity to raise our kids in our home. It gave us amazing health insurance. Yeah, we have to go to Renton for it, but if we go to Renton, it's covered. Like, praise the Lord. I mean, who gets that? That's an amazing gift. But also, think about this. It's been an amazing opportunity for her to minister to people in their most intense situation. Right? You don't go to the emergency room because you're having a great day. And so just think of it, like ministering to people that are sick, people that are dying, but also to their friends and to their family. 
Praise the Lord. After so many closed the door, the Lord opened that door. I was thinking about all that this week, and uh, this verse came to mind. I, I use this verse a lot during the last two years. It came to mind often, and maybe it did for you as well. Romans fifteen thirteen. It's been such a powerful verse the last couple of years. But uh, I think you might need to hear this one. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you what? Isn't that great? I loved Kyla singing, trust uh, the Lord. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. So that what? That you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord and allow him, even this morning, life spring, to fill you with all joy, with all peace, so that you can overflow with hope. But it all starts with trusting in the Lord. We had to trust in Jesus But trust the Lord and he will lead you. And like in today's passage, as Paul trusts in the Lord, it leads him finally where? To get breakthrough into Macedonia. So let's look at this. From uh, Troas in verse 11. From Troas we put out to sea. We sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day we went to Neapolis. And from there we traveled to Philippi. So he's in Troas. And then they start going over the water over here. They hop, skip, and a jump past Neapolis, and now they're in Philippi. Everybody say Philippi. Right, we're going to hear about that more in the Bible later on as well. And this is a Roman colony, and it's a leading city of the district of Macedonia, and they stayed there several days. But listen to this, church. Last verses I'm going to cover today. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down, but we began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She's a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us into her home. She says, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she says, come, stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Okay, so just surface level, this story is good. Can we agree? The story of Lydia, the conversion of Lydia, it's good. Her whole household. I mean, don't you want this in your life where you you go to someone's house and the whole household just says, tell us about Jesus. And then you tell them about Jesus and they said, okay, what do we need to do now? And you're like, well, get baptized. And they're like, okay. And then they, I mean, don't you want that in your life? And so this is what happens. And and they listen and they get baptized. It's good, right? It's so good. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to make a point today because I want to show you that this isn't just good. This is great. Because I don't think we understand how much the Lord loves Lydia and her household. But I'm going to show you how much the Lord loves Lydia and her household. Because again, think about Paul. Think about his companions. Just imagine everything they've walked through. The hardships, the disappointments, the obstacles, the challenges, everything that they faced. But in the midst of it all, they keep their eyes on Jesus, right? Just like Mary and Dan. They're trusting in Jesus, trusting in Jesus. They're letting Jesus open doors. They're letting Jesus close doors. And it isn't easy. By the way, if you're looking for easy, Christianity is not for you. And if that's the book that you got, just... It's the wrong book (laughs) because Paul was beaten. Paul was stoned. He was whipped. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He faced more hardship than probably most of us will ever face in our lifetime. And yet look at him. He has this passion for Jesus, this love for Jesus, a radical trust in Jesus. He is following hard after the Lord. But church, I want you to see how God uses Paul's obedience and trust in the Lord actually to reveal God's love For Lydia. 
Because God loves Lydia so much. God loves Lydia and her household so much that he leads and he directs Paul and his companions. Not here, not there, not right there. I mean, this is a journey, an epic journey. Forget Lord of the Rings. I mean, this is the, I mean, this is it. They follow hard after the Lord to get to Lydia. And her whole household is saved and baptized. Praise the Lord. And I was thinking, who's my Lydia? Right? Who's my Lydia? Life spring, who's your Lydia? In your life right now, who's your Lydia? Who is the Lord sending you to today? But here's the deal. You might have to go through some closed doors to get to Lydia. Do you hear me today? You might have to get through some hardships, some trials, some obstacles. But do you trust, do you love Jesus enough that he's going to get you to Lydia? See, God loves the Lydias in your life. He loves them. He, he has a passion for them. He sent his son to die for them. He wants them to hear the good news. He wants them to be told the good news of salvation, the freedom, the life, the joy, all the things that are found in his son. But he wants to do it through you. So are you willing to trust in Jesus? It's a scary question to answer. I'm not sure everyone can answer it, but I hope the Lord today can help you answer that. Are you willing to trust in Jesus? Are you willing to face all the hardships, the challenges, the opposition that the world's going to throw at you to get to those that the Lord is calling to be saved, calling to be rescued, calling to be delivered? I hope you're willing today. Well, how do you get there? How do you even get to Lydia? Well... You listen to the Lord. Pretty easy answer, right? You listen to his voice. But I'll say this as well, and some of you need to hear this. You follow his voice. You listen to his voice step by step by step by step. I mean, I don't have time to actually go through every step that they took. But can you imagine how many steps they took? I mean, that blows your mind. Step by step by step. I was listening to the Bible Project podcast this week, and they were talking about the tabernacle. Really good podcast on the tabernacle. But they were talking about this Hebrew word, Shema. And they said it means to listen, but they said it's also the same word that means to obey. That in Hebrew, there is no difference between to listen and to obey. That in Hebrew... There's no difference between hearing and doing. Whoa. That's not how we think about those words, do we? But in a Hebrew mindset, to listen is to obey. Dude, when you start reading all the verses about listening to the Lord with that in mind, that implied in each of these verses isn't just hearing, but also obeying, it changes everything. So for me, right away, I thought about that verse in Hebrews where he's quoting Psalm 95, where he says, If you hear his voice, do not what? Harden your heart. Remember that one? If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. If you hear the Lord, church, obey the Lord. Make it as simple as that. 
If you hear the Lord, obey the Lord. The worst thing you could do in your life is to not obey the Lord when he is calling you, when he is speaking to you. You know what that's called? That's called rebellion. Rebellion. And the Bible is full of stories of tragedy and pain and heartache and destruction of lives torn apart, all because of rebellion. Life spring, the Lord is already calling us. We don't need to wait for him to call us. He's already speaking. We just need to listen. And again, if we're going to listen, that means we're going to what? We're going to obey. Amen. Let's get to Lydia, church. Right? Let's get to Lydia. God loves Lydia. I believe even now. I mean, I sense it. I know it. I'm not looking for a thousand people. I'm looking like for two people that are willing to listen to the Lord and get on mission and do what God is calling us to do. Because God has such a heart for the Lydia's of this world. But he's going to use us, his church, his messengers, his ambassadors. Come on, you and me to share the good news of Jesus with her. But are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? Here at the church, we got some things coming up. I'd love for you to pray about these things. I want you to pray about them today. We have a missions trip coming up to Salt Lake City. Uh, is anyone actually on their email distribution list, the pastors in Salt Lake City? So just a couple of us. Did you guys read the email this week? It is demonic what is happening right now in Salt Lake City. Demonic. I, there's nothing short of the enemy is at work and this amazing couple and these college students, they're all college, they're all in their 20s. They, they are working hard for the Lord. And we're going to go over there and we just want to support them. We want to love on them and do whatever they ask us to do from, what is it, July 5th through the 11th. Sometimes as the American church, I think we get really good at coming up with a theology that allows us not to go. I mean, I am tired of that message that tells us why we don't have to go, right? We even say, well, maybe we shouldn't go. But what if the Lord today is asking you, stirring your heart to go? Listen to the Lord. Obey the Lord. I love what Karen Grubb said earlier. That was so powerful. She shares this powerful uh, message of the work that's happening in Uganda and Sudan. Listen to the Lord. If he is asking you to contribute to that work, you better do it. Don't do it because I said it. That's a weird thing. Like, whatever. Because I might say one thing and then I'll say another. But if the Lord is saying it to you, listen to the Lord. Obey the Lord. And by the way, with that, I mean, it could be a monthly contribution. It could also be just giving up this week's coffee money. Whatever it is, whatever the Lord says, again, obey the Lord. We're praying for new missionaries in Ghana, by the way. Like, in fact, I'm praying for a couple, like a married couple that would want to live in Ghana and train up the leaders and the pastors that we have over there to encourage them. If that's you, listen to the Lord. Obey the Lord. But then, yeah, I get it. Sometimes he calls us to go across the world, but for most of us, he calls us to go across the street. But then what does that look like? Even there, we're like, well, you know, he's called me to my neighborhood. Well, I don't see anyone from your neighborhood here. Right? Like we make up this weird Christian thing to make us feel good. But what is he asking you to do today? What does it look like? And I get it. I get discouraged too because I hit closed doors. There are things that I thought we were going to do and oh, this is going to be amazing. And then the email says, sorry, we can no longer attend. What? But we, I, I get it. I hit closed doors too. But again, it's all forward in Christ. 
be sensitive to the Lord. Be sensitive. Okay, God, maybe my plans aren't going like I thought they would go, but we're just going to go with your plan, God. I don't understand your plan, but I'm going to trust you that you are a good God and your plans for me are good. So I'm just going your way, Lord. Closed door, closed door, closed door, but all forward in Christ. And then the door opens up. And I say, let me tell you about Jesus. I'm telling you, getting to talk to those kids about the Holy Spirit at midnight on a Friday night, that was an open door in my life. That, that meant the world to me. Are you sensitive to the Lord? Are you listening to what Jesus is saying? But then this is the big one right here, and I'll, I'll close with this, Kyla, if, if you want to come back up. I hope we get this today, Life Spring. Paul did not know about Lydia. This is really important. Paul didn't know about Lydia. When Paul left Antioch, he wasn't like, all right, everybody, we're going to Lydia. Which, isn't that how we want to go on a journey? We always want to know how the result, you know, how it's going to end up. But no, what did Paul do? He just said, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. He said, we're just going to, we're just going to go. Because the Lord's asking us to go. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to be throwing rocks at us, who's going to be beating us, who's going to be jailing, imprisoning us. But we just love the Lord so much that he's, he's asking us to go. So we're going to go. Jesus, we're just going to go. We're going to, we're going to follow hard. Oh, Jesus. And I'm kind of scared. And I'm nervous and I got questions, but I love you more than anything else. So if you call me to go, I'm going. Step by step. By step by step. That's why I need to read the Bible every morning because I wake up and I'm like, ah! <laughs> Did anyone else break out about life? And then you read the Word and the, the Lord, He just begins to speak to you and He reminds you that He's a good Father and that He cares for you and He has plans for you. He begins to speak and you begin to listen. That's why I read the Bible every day. It's not to check off the box to be a good little boy or something like that. It's because I need the voice of God and the voice of His Spirit to speak to me. You do too. I know that I, I said this is Paul's mission, but can we just be honest? This isn't Paul's mission. This is God's mission. God's on mission. God's the one on mission. Even in your life, you're like, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to. No, no, no. It's God. God. He's the one with the radical plan of love and salvation. The Lord is the one chasing after Lydia and her household. Do we understand that this morning? Right? It's the Lord. Paul just had the privilege and the honor and the joy of being a part of God's mission for Lydia's salvation. Life's free. Just like Paul, can we stay open? Can we stay open to playing our part, your part, wherever that is? I don't know where you're going this week, but wherever it is, can you be open to playing your part? Keep saying yes to Jesus. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand this part of the process. All you got to do right here is be faithful. It's just so sweet to trust in Jesus. And take the next step. Take the next step. Step by step. Oh, the places you will go. Think of all the places God might send you. And watch out. Be sensitive for divine appointments. I love Dave Lloyd Hammer. He'd always tell me that. Dan, the Lord just loves putting together divine appointments. Where you almost don't know how you got there. But when you're there, you go, oh, this is God. This is a holy moment. 
Be open for that in your family, for, in your friends, with your co-workers, with your classmates. Be open. Because the Lord loves these kinds of stories. And again, I'm not saying this is easy. And I'm not saying I enjoy the closed doors. But aren't you thankful for a good God that gets to Lydia in her household? So this is how we're going to close this morning. I, I just want to give us a moment to pray together. And, and as we pray, and I get that not everyone in this room is going to do this, but that's okay. But for those of you who are willing, would you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Would you allow, just whoever that is, because I'm not even going to pretend that we're all Christians here, and that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy you came. But for some of us, this could be a moment that changes your life. Would you give the Holy Spirit permission to speak to your heart? Because this is a holy moment. The Lord is here. And I believe that He wants to speak in a way that would even call some of you out, call you forward into His next steps for you. And I don't, I don't think we have to rush this, but I just believe in this. I, I'm trusting, I'm believing that God in this moment, even right here at 11.51 or 10.51, that the Lord will begin to close doors and open doors. Right here, right now. As we listen, as we obey Him today, church, May a thousand Lydias, may a thousand upon a thousand Lydias get to hear the good news of Jesus because of our willingness to trust and obey the Lord. So Lord, just in this moment, we take a breath to pause to allow you to speak to us again. There's somewhere you're saying, you're not going there. Then close that door. If there's somewhere that you're saying, you're going there, then open that door. Even now, Lord, we know that sometimes you use your scriptures to speak to us. Sometimes you use friends and families to speak to us. Sometimes you use a church service to speak to us, a worship song. There's so many ways you speak to us. But Lord, be creative in this moment. Speak to us. We have ears to hear. Not to harden our hearts, but to obey what you say. Just keep speaking, Lord. We're listening. We're listening. We're listening. Maybe it's something the Lord is asking you to do and how you parent or in your marriage or maybe at your job. Just be sensitive to the Lord. Now this time I want to pray for those of you that are just feeling like your whole life is closed doors. And what I pray for you in this moment 
in the presence of God, but that you'd be reminded right now that He's with you and He's for you. He's not against you. It feels maybe like the whole universe is against you, but the Lord and God of the universe is not against you. He is for you. He is for you today. And He's leading you. He's leading you. He's leading you. And this is but a season. And He's leading you through this season. And so God, Holy Spirit, would you come close to those who are hurting today? Would you come close to those who feel lost today? Would you come close to those who feel abandoned today? Would you come close to those who feel like they are unseen today? Would you come close to those today who feel unheard today? Would you come close to those who feel like they have more questions than answers? Would you come close to your people today and remind them that, God, you are still on mission and it is your joy and delight to ask your people to be on your mission and that even today, regardless of what happened yesterday or the day before today, you are willing and able to call people forth into your great mission of salvation of love and deliverance and rescue. Would you remind us today, Lord, there's a new thing going on today in some of your lives. I just sense that. There's a new thing. It's like a new skin that's going to be put on today. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. Lord, give us the courage and the bravery and the boldness, not just to trust in you, but to do what you ask us to do. All for your glory for your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, Amen. Let's sing this together.